Hi, Diamonds. Welcome to the United State of Women, a forum where professional women come together to thrive by living more connected to our power, our purpose, and our plan. We invite you to tune in every other week where we show you that you can have it all and teach you how to get it by becoming the star of your own life and not just a supporting role in your life, career, and relationships. Here with Julie Dean, my USW podcast ambassador and co-host, I am Kalina James, owner of LCR, a business consulting and leadership development coaching company. Are you ready? Let's get started. The idea that you are at liberty to pick whatever path in life you want is the unspoken agony of the modern person. Call it the myth of personal freedom. This popular but misguided belief ignores the fact that life has order and that order bears heavily upon your choices on what makes sense to do with the time you have. The good news is that although you can't be anything you want, you have more potential then you know. This order I am speaking about is contained in a code, which is your identity code. Much like our genetic code, our identity code is born into each of us, providing a complete map of how we as human beings are designed to function, of how we are supposed to live when we are living according to who we truly are. Today, I get the pleasure of interviewing my longtime friend and pastor's wife, Lalisa Wyckoff Elliott. She's here to help us look through the practical lens of daily living through the Word of God to help us crack the identity code for our life. Lisa, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited, Kalina. Yes, I'm glad you're here, finally. <laughs> So please share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and your story. Well, um, my name, of course, as you, as you stated, is like Lisa Wyckoff Elliott, and uh, Wyckoff is my maiden, maiden name. Well, um, first I want to say again, I'm in, I am super excited, excited, but um, of course, we've known each other since we were 19. Oh my God, oh 13 my God. years old. <laughs> But um, I met my husband at our home church, the Light of Liberty Church. Um, well, at the time, he wasn't a member yet, but I met him there. And um, we've been married for 26 years. His name is Tony Elliott Jr. He's a he's a reverend. Of course, he's very informal, so he would just rather you say Brother Tony. <laughs> um, we've had a great time these 26 years. God is awesome, and I thank God that... He formed him just for me. And uh, we have four children, Christina, Tony, Tori, and Tyler. Oh, my God. The tea and family. The tea family. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We have a little team. We have a little team. <laughs> Christina is out on her own. She's a teacher in, in New York. And Tony and Tori are my middle children. They're both in college. And Tyler is a baby. He's a senior in high school. Um so it's just awesome seeing them grow in the Lord and um, just seeing how God is going to use them in their own path. But Tony, about, Tony and I have belonged to Light of Liberty um, for over 20 years now, and he's been uh, head of the youth department. I've assisted him. I've been a speaker, a teacher, and a member of the praise team. So the Lord has 
has been leading us in uh, quite a few aspects wow. of the church and just being servant. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So listeners, I got to tell you a little something, something. So, you know, Lisa is, Lisa is a long time friend. I've been knowing Lalisa since, I've known her since probably maybe, I would say 19, 20 years old, were we? Well, we were just graduated, yeah, just graduated from high school, right? Yeah. And um, we were, I was working over at a, in, we were working in Cleveland, Ohio, downtown on 4th Street, I think it was, at a yeah, little clothing store. Yeah, a little clothing store called Rainbow. And when I just graduated from high school, it was kind of one of those full-time gigs that I had right out of school. And um, we met there, and we became such good friends. And it, it, what's been so dear about our relationship is that, you know, she's shared with you guys that she's this wonderful, you know, woman who is married to uh, Minister Tony Elliott and have these amazing, beautiful children who are flourishing and living an abundant life. However, when we were just connected, we were girls dreaming. We were girls riding the bus you know, every week trying to get to church and just sharing our life with each other and just envisioning what that would be while we were stopping at Popeye's. <laughs> we were stopping at Popeye's on the way to get us a dozen, <laughs> get us a dozen of biscuits <laughs> to be able to just eat something on our way to church and um, just enjoy each other's company. So we go back. We've got some sentimental moments of just living inner city Cleveland and working and, and just really thriving and, and making a difference with what we had available to us. And to look at her life now, it is, it is beautiful. And being married for over 20 something plus years in today's world is, is really a dinosaur. It's really something that's a challenge for most, but um, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm empowered and inspired that you're here today. And so I know that today we're talking about breaking the code to finding identity through Practical daily living using the word of God. So, Lalisa, thank you so much for being here. But help us figure this thing out. Well, I came to realize that, especially as we get older, I believe we get more into who we actually are. Of course, we have an identity in Christ. We know who we are in Christ. We know that God loves us. We know that God wants to use us. But who are we? Who did he create us to be? What are our likes and our dislikes? Are we an introvert? Are we an extrovert? Mm -hmm. um, what makes us come alive? What mm -hmm. speaks to your heart? What resonates with you? Um, and for an example, are you a very shy person mm -hmm. or do you never meet a stranger? Mm -hmm. We have a saying in our family where my mother would always say, um, I have an, uh, he's not my older brother, but he's the oldest brother. His name is Tony also. And we always say that he never meets a stranger because no matter where he goes, he can strike up a conversation with someone who he's never met before. And of course, God uses that to his glory and allows him to be able to minister and befriend people to open that door yeah. to um, for the gospel. That's his key yeah. to, to spreading the, the life of, uh, of following of Christ and opening up people's eyes to the kingdom. So who are you? A mm -hmm. lot of times we in our household and bustle of life and growing up, we we like what other people like or mm -hmm. we like what's popular. Every every story is different, but you have to get to a place where, okay, God, who am I? What yeah. do I like? Do I really like this over here? Do I really 
just do this because that's the popular thing to do. What have you? What is the gem that you put in me? And there may be many yeah, that yeah. you want to use to further your kingdom. Yeah, I love that. I love that mm-hmm. because looking at and listening to what you're saying, you know, we as young adults and as we mature, we really like find those things out, those answers to our life questions as we mature and get older and experience life. And I like to quantify that and say that there are patterns to our life. There are patterns. And some of the questions that our listeners have had is that very question. Is there a pattern to my life in order to discover my identity and who I've been called to be? And I love the fact that you You've, you've indicated some of the potential patterns. Are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? What makes you come alive? Is it things in your life that you may share a passion for, but they're in different things that you do, right? In other words, you may serve here, you may work here, you may spend voluntary time here, but they're all in the same vein and there are patterns. I think that it's important to even recall in my life, right? But Lisa, as you know, we were traveling up and down that road, we were just journeying out for the first time in our independence, right? We we could come and go when we wanted to, where we want to go and make the decisions on, on where that would be. But in doing so, we were making decisions that were long-time choices. Where are we going to go to work? How are we going to spend our finances? How are we going to right. you know, educate ourselves to be better? All of those choices came because those were the things that we thought would bring us fulfillment, joy, progress. And they felt connected to what we wanted to have for our life. But in those actions, there were patterns that are now looked upon in my life. And I can say, I was actually in my life purpose, if not working through it and didn't even realize what it was at the time. And some of those Uh patterns, you know, showed up today for me in the form of um, my my ability to want to connect to people who feel as if they don't have a voice. Right feel as if they uh, are not worthy or they're not good enough, right? So whether right. it's me working for, a, you know, a Kinsey Center here locally to help support or the Friendship Home to help with, you know, young adults that were in a foster care system or working with the Nesting Dove that was a home for unwed mothers, they were different veins, but they were individuals that were subjected to feeling and believing that they weren't enough. And so that was a pattern that was identified in my life that I would gravitate to service because I wanted people not to feel alone, right? And so I realized in that pattern, that's part of my calling. So, so, you know, another question that our listeners have had or has brought up to us is what makes me special? I hear that a lot. What makes me special? What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, well, a lot of times we are walking in our calling and we don't know it yeah. we're walking in what god tells us to do but it becomes so natural or it, i should say it is so natural and it doesn't stand out to us so we think oh i'm still searching i'm still looking because it may not stand out as a pastor mm-hmm. or a a, a uh, praise and praise and worship team leader it may not stand out in what may be the most popular I'll, I'll put that in quotes because, um, you know, there's no levels to this, to these callings, but we hear some of the same things all the time when this person was called to, to, to mm-hmm. pastor a church. This person was, you know, is a, is a bishop now, or this person is called to um, evangelize on the street, and you know, things of that nature. But what we 
what comes natural to us and what's the most easiest thing for us to do and where we flourish is our calling that God is going to use to yeah. reach people. Whether that is, is your heart to feed the, feed the hungry or feed the homeless or clothe the homeless. Um, you know, when you ride down the street, do you find your, your heart just bleeding when you see someone on the street? Or do you, are you the one who will always stop and mm-hmm. always give a bag of groceries or always give uh, a, a, a bag mm-hmm. of clothing or what, what have you? Are you the person who your heart bleeds when you see a single mother trying to get on the bus with her, her children? That may be a ministry of service. Yes. Are you a person who it comes easy to explain? Things. You may be a teacher. Is it does it come easy to you to be organized or do yes. administrative work? Sometimes we have to look into ourselves and say, what makes me come alive? What comes naturally to me? And sometimes we don't deem those things as important sometimes, and I'll say from experience also, because it comes so natural. Mm-hmm. That thing that you're so good at that everybody is like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe you do that so easily. We're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just do it. And the Lord is you know, speaking to us, I put that in you. I put that desire, that gift, that flower that's blooming in you so that you could use it to my glory. No matter where you are, whether you're in your home, whether you're in public, whether you're in the workplace, whether you're in church, we have to realize that these, we were born with the ability to reach people for Christ. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people may say, oh my gosh, I'm not, I, I'm too scared to get in front of people to, to preach and teach. That may not be the way that God is going to use you to reach the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It just may be you living the life of Christ, which may come easy to you as you submit to the Holy Spirit and you welcome people into your life and they ask, why are you so at peace? Why are you so uh, organized? Or why are you so good at this people thing, embracing mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. And that may be an avenue to, uh, to administer or to minister the gospel of Christ to people Whereas the other person, they say, okay, it's easier for me to just write it all down, take a text and speak, you know, from that paper rather than open myself up to embrace people. So there's many gifts in many facets of life. We just have to tune in to who we are. And that's just keeping ourselves before the Lord so that he can illuminate that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I love what you just said is keep you know, illuminating that, keep bringing that forward because I think truly our gift, we we need to follow and potentially enjoy following the signs of joy, like what we are passionate about, you know? And I think that it cries out in our heart, like if it's our, per, you know, the purpose, the things that make me excited, the things that I'm passionate about, um, is it, it's that irresistible, you know, desire to capture the imagination inside of us that urges us forward, right? To really grab hold to what we feel is makes us special and what is our gift, you know, to the world. I, I know that um, a little bit ago, Lily said, I had this kind of like epiphany where it was like, okay, so what are my gifts or what, what is it that I, you know, what, what are my gifts? What am I supposed to do? Like I kept, I kept intertwining like what what is it that I'm supposed to do, my purpose in life, and then like my gifts, like what am I good at, what are, what am I able to do? I realize, like you realize, is is that um, the gift is the talent or the ability to be um, 
impactful, right, in being a, um, you know, teacher, right? So, or, or you could be a music minister, or you could be a, you know, a pastor of whatever. The gift is doing that work well, right? It's being just anointed and called to, to be able to stand in that power and, and serve there really well. I have a gift, right, to, to sing. I have a gift to, you know, um, uh, draw. I have a gift to write. I have a gift to serve. Whatever that gift is, I have a gift to do that. But I realized that my, my power inside of that gift is what brought impact. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's what brought impact. And that impact was, you know, it expand or it healed or it brought comfort or it, it brought freedom. It brought certainty, whatever it was in that gift, it did something to the person who benefited from it. And I had to realize that um, it was a two-part harmony for me because I could try to be a good singer, but I really wanted to be a, a gifted singer who could create an impact in the life of people. You know what I'm saying? Or in a, in a teacher, you can be a teacher and be called one and be a good one, but I really wanted to make sure I was creating an impact that was lasting and, and, and was the you know gift that was given to people that could receive something really well. So I know that, um, you know, when we talk with listeners who will say, you know, what makes me special? And, you know, what is it about my gift? Or what are my gifts in the world? You know, I think that it's really this, this thing that's in you that says, you gotta live connected and compels you to give to the world this impact that you have. And I know that you got examples. I know you got examples, right? You know? of having these natural abilities to teach, but also having this ability to step into your power. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing because in every facet of life, we serve a God who is all-knowing, mm-hmm. of course. He's all-powerful. He has all wisdom, and he knows where we are and what we question, why we question, if we feel lost. Yeah. If we're like, well, am I doing this correctly? Am I walking in my purpose? Sometimes we can just be overwhelmed mm-hmm. just by wondering if we're doing that. And as we continue to keep our minds stayed on him and keep ourselves before him, he'll, he'll, he'll shed light on these things and show us and illuminate. And all the while, of course, as we're living for Christ, we're going to reach people, whether we're standing behind the podium, whether right. we're in right. a cubicle, where, whether we're in our home, we're going to reach people we're going to be a blessing just because we're living the life of Christ and although with the specific gift that he may use to say okay I want to use this gift that you have here and I want you to submit it to me so that I can reach others mm-hmm. I'll give an example as far as writing is concerned for me I realized that as we Tony and I when we made a decision okay when we got married uh, we were going to I was going to stay home um, until the children started school because, you know, that's just what we decided to do. And there's a whole story behind that. Mm-hmm. But um, I've always loved to write. I, a dream of mine has always been to be uh, a published, one of one of many dreams, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be a published author. It's just always writing ever since I can think back to when I held a pencil. Yeah. was always something that illuminated me. And sometimes when you are going about your day-to-day, you wonder, if you know that that's so, and fine, if you don't, you know, it'll be revealed. You just live life in a Christ-led manner, and you'll open your eyes to it. 
But um, I remember when we would take our children certain places, um, say to a museum or to the first time going to a park or first time seeing uh, my children seeing a, a, a specific animal, there will come to me the desire to write about it. To write about that experience in the moment, whether I had a notebook there or whether I came home and just thought about our day, I would write down, a, a, you know, journal that day. Mm -hmm. It would be like a story of our events, a story of their reaction, a story of how we came together so that when we look back on those moments, I would be able to, through writing, give a picture of that blessed moment that God allowed us to have. And I realized, hey, God, you're using this gift, even though the world may not see it. Mm -hmm. You're using this gift that you have given me just in everyday life. And sometimes we just have to just move and do it as we see it come. And then God at a later time will reveal, this is why what I was preparing you for. Mm -hmm. This is what I was preparing you to do. These are the people who I was preparing you to reach. And every time there was a moment, a significant moment, I would feel, okay, this is the time to write about this. Okay, this moment, I'm going to get a notebook and write and compile all of these things. And for to trust God to use that to his glory. Mm -hmm. And um, the funny thing is you, you see the gifts show up in a different way and um, you never know who it's going to impact. And um, I smile now because my daughter, she's an eighth grade writing teacher. So <laughs> you just never know. And of course, I don't know how much of that is innate or within her just totally God given or how much I know it is, but I don't know how much like she paid attention to me. We always talked about writing and books and literature, and we kept those things before them. But those things right there, God was using that moment to show me, yeah. write it down. You have this gift. Write it down. Use this moment that I have given you to hone the skills yeah. that you may need for another project or another day or another person. And then you have those memories, of course, yeah. Yeah. to look back on. I like that. You know, I love it. So what comes to mind is like living according to, you know, your identity doesn't happen automatically. You know, how our lives unfold isn't predetermined, right? And a, and it literally is a lifetime of, of opportunities that are presented in front of us. And it really is up to each of us to really learn who we are at the end of the day and then act upon this knowledge in ways that enable us to realize the potential our, our identities hold. And it is in these choices in life that we make and what we hold space for and how we compile that all together. I, I know that um, in some of our listeners and having had an opportunity to coach some of them and speak with them and talk with them and just, you know, the women that we serve in our community and that we, that we know around us, they struggle, Belisa, with trying to put all of those pieces together to know how to quantify them and to, you know, determine what that means. You know what I'm saying? They, they really don't know what that really is called in regards to like, yes, I do this and yes, I do that. And as it unfolds, you know, how will I know, you know, what that is and how will I be revealed and what do I do in the meantime? And what was, mm -hmm. what was unique for me when I look back on that is I was that girl. I was literally doing everything and anything that inspired me that I was passionate about, <clears throat> that I wanted to give up my life. I didn't, excuse me, <clears throat> I didn't know 
what they were called. Like, I didn't know that, you know, it was all coming from the same heart or passion. But what, right. helped, me, but what helped me was getting to this awareness that the internal voice of what I was so extremely passionate about, the why, the why I was passionate about it, was then now becoming more louder in my ear. And now I get to, I was able to embrace the why so that the what was much more intentional. So for example, when I realized that um, everything that I can, I put my hand to was first and foremost, because I wanted to serve, I wanted to help, I could relate, I could resonate, right? I could give back, I can contribute. This is part of my calling that God allowed me to remember the things that I'd gone through to be a vessel to support other people. I get it. But why? <laughs> right? Why you? Why you? Right? Why you? And I think it was from that point that I had to really soul search um, the why me, because once I discovered why me, why me? There's 1.5 billion people in the world. Why do I have to, if not get to um, make this part of my, you know, pillar in life? Why, why, why me? Why me? And it was at that moment I realized that all of the life experiences that were opportunities for growth were blessings that liberated others and not everybody gets to have an unhealthy childhood right not everybody gets to have um roots you know riches and wealth you know growing up not everybody gets to have mm -hmm. a happy marriage not everybody gets to have children those that have experienced those elements are conduit for the next generation who may experience right. this setback right who then will need to be a conduit for the next generation upcoming. And I realized that though I may have experienced things in my life that were not at my choice, I wasn't, I didn't ask to be born into a particular family. I was born into that family. And so I, I had, I had a road to cross. I could look at the road and go, I've always, I never have had, I don't feel like I've had, the resources, the money, the time, the education, or the support, so I will never be. Or I could say, I could turn this pain into power and liberate mm -hmm. not only myself to feel the abundance, but also be a blessing to someone up and coming. And I think life right. is a perpetual motion of service. It's a perpetual motion of giving and sowing and reaping. And um, I don't get to choose, you know, how life shows up for me in some way. In other words, I cannot 90% of the time control what happens to me, but I definitely can control how I navigate through that and how God will get the glory and get a trophy and be victorious in my ability to be well-doing for him, right? And so, you know, where am I going? What's my message? For me, it's, it's being defined and it changes every day. But I think most importantly, Lisa, I was able to get to my why. What about you? I know that that's, that's that that resonates with you too as well. But I was able to get to my why, and so I know that you know, people are like, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? Who, what, you know, what what's uh -huh. what's happening? For me, I was able to understand my why, so now I get to know where I'm going. Right? I I understand the decisions that I'm making and what was made, that is bringing forward that future that I'm so intentional around that.
Right, right. And in every aspect of life, God will use us to reflect himself if we allow it. And um, the Bible says we're written epistles, read of men, and we're, we, we're still here for the sole purpose of reflecting Christ and bringing others into the family. Right. And God is so awesome in that all of the people on this earth he knows intimately, he created us all, and he can use every one of us in different mm-hmm. ways to, to allow his word to be spread across mm-hmm. this this globe and as we continue to to as you stated of course we we don't we didn't plan our experiences we didn't know that we would be born into our families and experience what what we've experienced we didn't know until it happened the things we that would happen to us as teenagers as you know in our 20s and 30s and so on and so forth um but in each aspect we have to realize that God will use each of our experiences for his glory because you come out of each experience with a lesson. Uh, sometimes, of course, you're so engulfed in the experience of it all, the pain of it all, the all that involves that particular moment of time, whatever it is, you don't know or you don't see, you can't fathom, how is there a lesson for someone else in this? I'm just trying to get through it myself Mm -hmm. and then you realize as you continue to submit yourself to the Lord the Lord illuminate yourself show me yourself here help me here give me your peace in this give me an understanding in here Um, we don't go through solely just because for ourselves we're always going to meet someone whether we know it or not who will be encouraged by our experience by the lesson that we were taught yeah. by the lesson that God showed us the, and, and to see us on the other side, there will always be someone who said, okay, well, if he brought you through this and taught you this lesson and illuminated you here and showed you your teaching and showed you your calling, I can trust him to do that for me as well. Yeah. And sometimes it can be a situation where we're like, I don't know where to turn. I don't, turn. I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know if I should do this, this, just start. You know, even if you don't know where, just start somewhere. Whether you're in the church and you have a desire, well, maybe I'll try to teach Sunday school. When I'll, maybe I'll just serve the, the the elders, or maybe I'll just be on the serving committee when we have events. Or, yeah. or right now when, of course, everyone is at home, Lord, maybe I'll just start by praying for those who have been sick, praying for our leaders, praying for single mothers, praying for children who still are looking for a home. Maybe prayer is where you're supposed to be right now in this in this place and most everything else that you you're doing pray for specific people for a specific purpose pray for our country and the direction of our country and what we have to not do is think that one job calling position is more important than the other yeah. because that could be that's that's a lie from the enemy because we feel well I'm not as important as that person I'm not going to make a as a big impact as that person you know mm-hmm. we each have our part as the body of Christ and it all come together for the glorification of the Lord so if you start just by teaching in your home mm-hmm. or just by re- showing your children this is how you pray mm-hmm. this is what we do before our meals, in the morning, at night. This is what we do. We study the Word. You are giving your children the best gift ever because when we are giving children, 
our main responsibility is to create an atmosphere for them to know God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And however you do that through your reflections, showing them you pray, understanding uh, or giving them an understanding of the word on their level, of course. There's many resources that we can do, but we just have to start and we just have to trust that who we are is enough. Where God is taking us will is impact enough. We are enough in whatever stage that we're in. And the more that we remain open with the Lord, Lord, I don't, you know, I, I feel lost or I don't know where my purpose is. Just start by saying, Lord, show me you yeah. and show me who I am in you yeah. and show me that I, I hear that I'm important. I hear that I have a place in the body of Christ. Everything is shifting now. Now, you know, I used to be so busy doing this and doing that. Sometimes what we do and the places and the positions that we're called in to do, they change. Yeah, they shift. They shift, girl. Now you're talking. They shift. Yeah, we have to be open yeah. to do that. I remember us talking, you know, setting this opportunity up, and you were talking about how in your good doing and doing, and, and we want our listeners and we want diamonds for you to get involved and get connected to figure out what you're passionate about. But there comes that moment sometimes when we overextend ourselves, right? And we are then now doing the good work, but the life around us might not be benefiting from the things that we're exploring. And I think you had talked about a story um, and told me about something that happened with you on your way out to go to praise team. And then you just happen to look back and realize that I get the caught the glimpse of my kid's eye. Right? Yeah, yeah, that was such a pivotal moment because every since, like we said, we met when we were, you know, 19, and I believe as soon as I got in the church, mm -hmm. I, I had always loved to sing, um, so I was on the praise team, and um, I was on the praise team for years and years and years, and in between that, of course, my husband um, became our entertained minister. We were over the youth department. I taught Sunday school, all different ages of Sunday school. I assisted him with the youth department, as I still sang the praise thing. So we were always doing things. We did um, youth groups. We took the youth to places. We um, had retreats for the youth. We were always teaching. At one point, we did children's church. So you can imagine the busyness of life. Mm -hmm. And... So we were, you know, teaching on Sundays, we were teaching on Wednesdays, and Fridays we had prayer meeting, and in between those on the weekends, sometimes we would take the children, the youth group out, and to give them experiences, things of that nature. So I was always doing, and which is wonderful, always serving, because, you know, that's what we're supposed to do in whatever facet that the Lord allows us to do it. What I didn't know until after the fact, was that at some point in time when you marry and when you have children, there has to be a shift somewhere because your responsibilities have changed. That may come as, well, you know, it's obvious, of course, your, 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 your uh, responsibilities change. But I wasn't taught certain things, so I had to learn by experience mm -hmm. that, whether it be the hours you spend now or how many days that you spend or whether or not now is time for you to give us a break and allow someone who isn't, you know, doesn't have four children or doesn't have, you know, a spouse to, to tend to, to move into that position. I was just going and going and going because that's what I knew to do. That's mm -hmm. what I was supposed to do. I was singing, I was teaching, 
I was assisting my husband in the uh, youth department. So this is what, it was fulfilling work and it was great. Yeah. Um, but one day as I was rushing because we had praise team rehearsal every Tuesday at seven o'clock. So every Tuesday at seven o'clock, I would make sure dinner was on the table and then I would leave. Mm-hmm. And I was always in a rush because, of course, with four children, there's always something to do. There's always homework. There's attending. If there's attention, there's, you know, playtime, downtime, always a teachable moment. And as I was preparing to leave, I was just so in a rush. And I made everyone's plate. Everyone was sitting at the table. And I was in such a rush that um, I went to grab something to leave out the door. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be late. And then I turned around and the Lord said, look at them. And then all four of my children were looking at me with these eyes. They probably don't even remember the moment. And I believe it was more so for me to Mm -hmm. see myself in the moment um, and allow the Lord to show me what was going on, what I was doing. And they were, the look that I perceived was, mommy's rushing out again, you know, it's dinner time. Mm -hmm. They never expressed like, oh, mommy, we don't want you to go, or it's dinner time or anything like that. But the Lord showed me in your hustle and bustle, and bustle of doing the church work you're leaving your family and that's a whole conversation within itself was i doing anything um against the lord serving in the church church of course not but i didn't shift i didn't say okay we have four children now Mm -hmm. i may not need to be here every tuesday i may not now may be my time that i just have to let it go and the whole, and, and this is the thing, I still went. Mm. I still went. Oh my gosh. But the whole time in the car, I knew that was a changing moment. I knew that was a pivotal moment to say something has to change. Something has to, to leave. And eventually, I ended up not um, serving in the uh, praise team uh, anymore. Um, it allowed my time to be freed up and. Um, it was funny because the Lord showed me, like, once that happened, I said, okay, it's time for me to, you know, look before the uh, leaders, my husband and I, it's time for me to, you know, we had a whole conversation. It went great. It was fine. And I did not know that I was going to feel like a weight was lifted off my shoulder when that happened. I did not know that until afterwards because I was doing so much and going so and running and going and serving and running and going and serving and still uh, being, uh, being a mom at home and 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 serving my family, and I was just go, 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 go. And you know what the Lord showed me in that? He said, you need to, you needed to shift. You have to allow me to be your, your Holy Spirit and not the position that you hold. Uh, say it again. <laughs> that was major. <laughs> that was major for me because we can get so used to doing church work and serving in a position and having a position that that position guides us, that position leads us. Yeah. People who expect us to be in that position for however long um, can lead us. And, of course, we want to do, you know, you know people have great intentions yeah. and things of that nature. But the Lord showed me, you have to seek me yeah. first. Yeah. It's do better you know, to obey God than to obey man. Do you know what? You know, I know the kids looking back at you, right? Um, was it like a, I saw that. I don't even know if they remember, but I saw it. What did you have to go through in order for you to be able to know that you were, you know, putting your Holy Spirit in 
back where it belonged, that it was guiding you, not the position was guiding you, but the Lord is guiding you here. What happened for you at that moment? I mean, like, I really want to know what was the, what was it, what was the moment when it just settled and was like, you know what, I have been putting all of my, my leading and my trust in this, you know, and, and that. And then I realized I had misplaced the guidance that I should be following because people do it not just in the church. They do it, you know, with peers and mentors. They they follow the leading of what some person they admired said and they get themselves living according to the mentor's voice, right? And then their mm-hmm. life suffers because of, or there's an imbalance. What was it and when was that moment that you allowed that thought to settle I've and then made the decision to shift you know what I'm saying like what was happening in that moment well I knew right then when the Lord slowed me down and said turn around and look I knew right then there needed to be a shift once I saw their faces it was like I slowed down within myself I was so rushing to go out of the house but he said look in that look I saw the revelation of what he was saying. Yeah. You're going, you're running, you're moving, you're you're leaving your children. Yeah. And that's not to say, you know, every I always say everything is relative to the individual. You have to see God for where your shift is, where your change is, where you have to stop, where you have to let go. So this this is just this was my story. Right. So I was so busy and so doing, but I knew right at that moment that something had to change right then. I knew it right then. Just from him showing me to look and the revelation of their eyes and me running out of the door every week. And as I was going and moving, it he, he just showed me as I was looking back, this is this is your everyday you're running, you're going, you're doing, you're studying, you're running, you're going, you're doing, you're singing, you're running, you're going, you're doing, you're teaching. And it was just, I was just, you know, going on all cylinders. So it was hard at first. And and I'll tell you that wasn't the first time that I thought about there needed to be a change, but um, that came through the revelation of my husband. And he was saying in other situations, you know, as far as me going crazy or whatever, he said, I think it's it's, um, time for you to, you know, to not be a part anymore. And I felt like, oh, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and so on and so forth. And I, you know, I didn't do it then. And and I look back now and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you were speaking through him at that time. But like I said, you're so used to doing things and that becomes who you are and what you're supposed to be doing, what you're expected to do, what you feel like. You get to the point where you feel like if I'm not doing this because I've done it so long, that I'm in the, I'm not in the correct place. Right, right, I'm not right. in the right place. I'm not doing. I'm not doing right. So, but after that, when he told me to look at my children, it did not take me long. I would say within the next week, that's when we, you know, we had a conversation. And I talked to Tony. I said, okay, now this is it. And um, then that's when the next rehearsal, we we had come together and we spoke to the leadership and said, you know, this is this is time for me to to. Um, to, to move on and it was it was an easy easy transition and like I said I did not know the weight of it all will be would would have been lifted like that but wow. um, we have to take inventory to see where our priorities are and how to manage our priorities 
And some may say, well, what do you mean priority? You know, the work of the Lord is a priority. God is our priority and he's first. Um, but sometimes the positions that we hold, the timing that we need to fulfill these positions, being outside of home to fulfill these positions, sometimes we're running and going and we're not putting what we aim to put first, first still. Yeah. Because remember, I said when we got married that our our priority was, okay, um, we agreed that I would stay home with the children until they um, go to school because we always have the, revela- have the revelation, your children grow up one time and one time only. And that hit us so hard. It's obvious, of course, we know that. But in those moments, we have to make sure we're present, we're there, and we're not allowing the work to get in the way of us seeing and being and prioritizing the things we need to do for our household, right. you know. And, in, in, of course, we were super busy because my husband, you know, was preaching and teaching and all. So mm-hmm. what, what what does that look like? Both of us, you know, burning at both ends and, you know, going and going and going and going. And that was just a revelation the Lord has showed me. You have to pull back. Wow. That's hard. Pull it back. That's hard because yeah, people love it, what it they do. Hard. Girl, we love what we do and we find fulfillment in that. And we are willing to just put 120% into it in order to live connected to being responsible. Because that's the word at the end of the day is we're responsible. We want to be good stewards. We want to do what's important to keep the vision moving forward and the support moving forward as well. And I, and I think that that's really powerful that you had a moment where you were willing to look at the situation at, a, at its whole and then know that it did not denote what you were called to do, but that there was time for a shift. And I think that with any one of us who are looking at connecting to our purpose and giving back in a way that fulfills us with what we are called to do, we must remember that life evolves and there will be opportunities for us to evolve with it. And we cannot be married to the role. We can't be married to it, girl, because there comes a time when we'll have to shift and God wants us to explore and expand and do other things to strengthen those gifts. Or even now it's time to take everything that you've been doing and pour it into your family or pour it into you know, yourself or whatever it is, we cannot be married to the role. We have to be married right. to our impact of what we're called to do. And right. you were doing that and I commend you for it. And so I know that a lot of our listeners, they, they wonder, you know, will I, will I live a rich life? And rich means, will I live fulfilled? Like, will I live, you know, with this progress of feeling like I'm not letting people down, but I'm also enjoying where I'm at. I'm also giving 110%, but things are balanced in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing I wanted to say also, um, fulfillment is in, in Christ. And fulfillment is where he has you to be at that particular time and knowing that he's there with you and he's orchestrating the move, he's orchestrating the, the timing, he's orchestrating your life, mm-hmm. he's orchestrating you as a mother, as a wife, as a single individual, as a single mother, as, as a, a mother with multiple children, he's, he's, he's the orchestrator of it all, and as we keep our eyes on him, we will not feel, now of course, sometimes we will feel overwhelmed, mm-hmm. but you can feel overwhelmed with your eyes on him, knowing that he's going to show you what to do in that place. 
And even with that experience that I had, I'm, I'm able now, I wouldn't have been able to have this experience, but I'm able now to tell people, you know, you're, you're young, you're, when you get married and you have children, um, or when you get married and you decide not to have children, you have one child, you have many children, whatever the case may be, you are, it's okay to say, okay, I've held this position for this long now, my hours may need to change. Mm-hmm. My position may need to change. And because sometimes we feel that, oh, how am I juggling this all? And deep down, we're, we, we're, we feel that we're overwhelmed and we know that something needs to change and we almost feel like it's wrong to feel like whatever we're doing in our position mm-hmm. or whatever we're doing in the church needs to change. Or maybe I need to give it over to sister or brother so-and-so. Or maybe instead of doing this three days a week or five days a week, I'll just do it too. It's okay to shift to either relieve yourself of certain duties because you have other duties that you have to do now and other priorities that you have to do. It's okay to shift. And also what I realize is that if we just say as you stated we're just married to, to this position and that's 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 it that's the way it is and you know this is a position that i hold and if god may be saying okay now i want you to shift over here if we don't hear that we're going to right, we're going to miss what god may be wanting to reveal to us in that next place yeah because we're ever learning, we're ever moving. He's, he's always showing us different things and wanting us to reach different people and have different experiences. So we have to be open and we have to be willing to say, okay, God, um, is now the time that you want me to shift or now is the time that you want me to stand and you're going to bring relief another way? So mm-hmm. um, fulfillment is, I would say, you can be fulfilled doing 10 things or you can be fulfilled doing one thing. It's all relative. But when we feel that shift and we know something needs to change, we need to follow that because that could be the Lord speaking to us and say, okay, now I want to do something different. And we have to be open and willing to stand in that even when others are looking like, well, are you sure? Are you sure you're supposed to be doing that? Are you sure this is not your place to stay in forever or to be this person? Are you sure? Even if you know when you know that this is what God is saying, you have to stand in that and trust the process because he'll reveal to you uh, that it's him speaking and that a change needs to come or that he'll give you strength to remain. Mm-hmm. So if we have to individually seek God for where we are in our fulfillment, in our place. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We've covered so much. Um, in our conversation. And I would love to just recap, you know, some of the questions that come up for listeners is, is there a pattern to my life? Yeah, there are things that you are truly love. And there are layers of things that are in your life that you may be overlooking, whether like Lilisa said, you're an introvert, extrovert, what makes you come alive, right? Exploring all of those things that come up for you and not just getting connected to the title of what they are, but what they do for you at the end of the day and how they show up for you. It really connects to whether or not there's these patterns that you can discover. And then what makes us really special? Like people say it all the time, well, what's so unique about you, right? And you know, what are you called to do? What comes naturally to you? What what gifts do you do? What impacts do you give to the world and how that servicing and encouraging others and how that absolutely 
translates in their life and how it conforms, if not transforms, the lives of the people. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it. Share it with people you care about, people you think this will benefit. Share with your team or colleague who is having a difficult time and is looking for solutions. We all want to help people live empowered, to know what to do when faced with uncertainty. And I believe that these ideas can help others have that success. So please share it. But also follow us on our hashtag community power purpose plan. And tell us what you think and how this episode has helped you. Diamonds, you have a choice to live connected to progress and growth. You deserve it. And it is yours to have. Live life, my friend, and be encouraged to step into your power purpose plan today. Until next time, take care. And giving out this joy and abundance to what you do. Hold that spot, right? Hold that spot, but don't necessarily be led by that spot because that can be taxing when it comes down to navigating. And the word that Lelisa has said today was shifting, you know, being willing and able to shift. And what is the message in what I'm doing? How do, what is, what's my story? What is it that I bring? And I love how you said that it's important that we identify, you know, the things in our life that really make ourselves stand out. You know, what's our message and what do we want to be able not to only just give out of our mouth, but what are we giving to our families? You know, what's the message, right? Uh You know, you could serve up Uh strong in in leadership and be faithful to the callings and the opportunities that you have, but you could be neglecting your loved ones because you're doing 110% of the work that you are passionate about. But what is your message? The message is not just in like, what's what's the thing I want to say to the world that I can make a difference, but it's also what message are you living that others can follow? Because it is a platform for others to continue and show the next generation how life should be won. And having Lelisa's daughter, who now has a passion for writing, just like her mom, was something that she probably watched her do. So people are watching you. And that's not just your message. You know, your message is also what you want to contribute, what you want to say to the world. But where are we going? That is another question that our users have said. Where are we going? Where am I going? What am I going to do this with? And I love the word that Lisa has mentioned. You got to prioritize all of these things, knowing that, you know, where you're going is not about just the jobs that you hold or the roles that you have. It's about the full package of expanding the beauty of service that is in your life and what God has given you the ability to do with that. And knowing that all of those things are important, they should all be something that we should live up to and get the opportunity to do. And can we live a balanced life? Yes, we can. Can we, you know, be able to enjoy all of the fulfillment? Yes. And that fulfillment, what she said, comes from Christ. It comes from knowing God and God allowing us to live and resonate within our heart to allow us to experience the joy and the fulfillment of one following his lead and then allowing ourselves to be committed to his service but be willing to shift and grow through life so that we can expand his kingdom and expand frequency for others to be able to follow. I love it. Did I capture it? Well, Lisa, did I capture it? (laughs) What would you like to say before we close this out? What would you like to say, my friend? 
Well, I would just like to say that we're all, I want everyone to walk away knowing that everyone has a purpose. Everyone is, a spe- is special. Everyone is gifted. Everyone, even if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel lost, if you don't know, if you want to change things, if you want to set boundaries, if you, if you don't know where to start, who you are is enough. And God will use you no matter where you are in any situation. He's there with you and he will guide you. Even if you feel like you don't have the answers right now, continue to keep yourself open. And um, before the Lord, ask those questions. Ask specific questions. Just as, just as if you're speaking to your your best girlfriend or your, your, your best friend or your spouse or whoever. Ask those questions. God, show me what you want me to do. Show me if I'm already doing it, and I'm just don't think it's a priority or uh, important right now. Lord, give me the specifics of those answers that I need in my life, in my home, in my job, and He will do that. Um, and in the meantime, while you're waiting for an answer, continue to move, continue to serve, continue to do what you know, do what you know to do until God shows you different, until He illuminates something different, that shift. But we're all, we all have, we're all special to God. We all have a purpose and he wants us to know that we're so special that he chose us. That always puts me in awe that the creator of the universe, the God of this world thought I was so special that he allowed me to be here. And that goes for all of us, who we are and where we are. God will use us to glorify him. We just have to trust him and just keep going, just keep going keep going keep going oh. and all well oh that's awesome thank you miss lady thank <laughs> you so much so diamonds crack your identity code and the contours of your life and it will shift you will not only come out stronger you will come out larger larger in heart larger in influence and you will find the right friends you will marry smarter you'll live with intention and power, you'll discover the right line of work or the field of study, the place to practice, right? You'll find those places to practice all of those gifts. And you may even live longer. You will understand the why of your life. Your identity code is found in the answers that we talked about today. And that is who I am. How do I find out who I am? What makes me special? Are there patterns in my life? And where the heck am I going with all of this? And do I have gifts? And what is my my message? And most importantly, will my life be enriched? And will I be rich and find balance and happiness? So Diamonds, with that being said, thank you so much for spending the, the opportunity of listening to my dear friend. And as I always say before we close, shine bright.